Lord Jesus, we yeah we thank you that you're you're with us, Lord. You you're the one that that binds us all together, and we might um, might be from all over the place, from different ends of the earth, but but in you we're we're held together. And so we look to you today, Jesus. We look to you today. Pray, Lord, that you'd you'd speak to us and you'd speak to our hearts. Holy Spirit, would you even move in this place? Move in our hearts. Would you reveal truth? Would you shine in the innermost places of our hearts, God? Amen. 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 Me and, me and Elena, we have a bit of an argument now about which way to say amen. I always get confused. Is it amen or is it amen? I don't even know. But either way, I think God knows. It's the important bit. Pardon? Ellie Mumford says amen. Yeah, I think British is amen. She's the right one. <laughs> the British. British is the right way. Did you hear that, Elena? Yeah. That's Amen. Okay. Um, that's my daughter, if you don't know. Um, yeah, so oh, that, that's all good. It's all up on the screen. Great. Um, if you're old like me and my brother, you, rem- you might remember this board game from the 80s called The Game of Knowledge. Does anybody remember that? Yeah, The Game of Knowledge? A few of you, like three of you. Cool. Um, <laughs> so it was a bit like the game Trivial Pursuit. Probably that doesn't ring a bell at all. But Trivial Pursuit was a hard game. That was for grown-ups. For the younger younger ones, like me and my brother back then, it was um, it was the game of knowledge. And anyway, so one day, uh, I remember this quite clearly. I was around at, um, around at my friend's place, Daniel's place, and we were playing the game of knowledge. And then up came this question. Because um, I don't know if... Uh, uh, if you don't know the game, it's just a trivial, a tri- you know, a game of trivia. So you have have cards with questions on them, and then if you get the answer right, then you you know you win the game eventually. So anyway, this uh, we're playing it, and then up came up came this question that was something like, "What is the most refreshing drink?" And I thought, "I've got this! I've got totally got this!" Be- What's that? Ocean spray. <laughs> Similar. So. I thought, I've got this, because at that time, um, again, like in the 80s, there was two channels on TV, Channel 1 and Channel 2, and, um, and there was this ad running for, for Fresh Up. It was like the most refreshing drink. Or um, I think it was, uh, I actually looked it up, and it was about how um, it was good for you, and it was refreshing. I don't know if you remember, there was this ad with um, Matthew Ridge and Mark Ellis. Yeah. Anyway. You Google it, it's pretty, pretty funny. And so this ad that I'd seen over and over again claiming to be the most refreshing drink, so this question comes up, what's the most refreshing drink? I'm like, fresh up! And then they looked at the answer, and the answer was actually... Yeah, water, water. And I was like, what? (laughs) And so I argued my case. I was like, no, I've seen these ads on TV. But it was water. Of course it was water. Water is the best thing to drink to satisfy physical thirst. But what should we drink if we have a deeper thirst, a longing for something more, a deep-seated, you know, we want a deep-seated satisfaction. We want satisfaction within our being. We're really thirsty deep down, and it's not water that we need. All throughout the Psalms, the writers of, of the Psalms, they, the psalmists, they speak of thirsting and longing for more, realizing, realizing that what they want deep down is God. Like this one, you, you might have heard. Psalm 42, as a deer pants for the flowing streams, as a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Because all of us, all of us across the whole world, we all experience physical, physical thirst. I mean, like this summer that we're having in Wellington, it's been glorious, eh? Like, 
and you get more and more thirsty. But all of us experience physical thirst. It's a universal sensation. And in, in Aotearoa, in our land, we're so blessed to have an abundance of, of good, clean water to drink. But all of us, all of us also experience a deeper thirst, a spiritual thirst. And we, and we try to find ways to satisfy that thirst. And too often, way too often, we, we try to satisfy the thirst with things that won't meet the need. And so we look to things like a perfect relationship, you know, someone to meet my needs kind of thing. Uh, or we might go, if I, have, if I have this career, if I have this career, then I'll have made it. A beautiful home, a picturesque holiday, maybe Lotto Powerball, Powerball. Somebody won $27 million this week. Was that any of you, by the way? Okay, pardon? <laughs> Don't gamble, but yeah, you can tithe on it, eh? Type thing. <laughs> you know, we go for we go for fame, attention from others, good health, well-being, sex, money, power, drugs, or it's a bit like like drinking fresh up when actually all you need is water. No matter how convincing the ads for fresh up are. The reality is that how we go, the reality is that how we go about satisfying our deeper thirst is actually of, of critical importance. That's really important. It's of eternal importance. So Psalm 1. Oh, that's not Psalm 1. That's Psalm 1. Psalm 1. Psalm 1, book 1, has uh, the title in uh, the ESV, The Way of the Righteous and the Wicked. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and all that he does he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the, wick, but the way of the wicked will perish. Now, often at the beginning of the year, I, I come back to Psalm 1, and I, and I, and I like to think about Psalm 1 because it, because it refocuses me. It reminds me. It does this in a way that like vividly portrays what our lives are, are about. And it begins with this first word, if I go back, blessed, blessed. It's like saying this is the way for the good life. This is the way of the good life. The, the Passion Translation puts it like this, what delight comes to the one who follows God's ways. Uh, I mentioned last week, you know, God is the creator of the entire universe. He's the one that put all things together. He ordered all things. And so he is the one who knows the best way to live. He knows how we need to live to for us to flourish and to live the, the kind of eternal life that he invites us into. And the psalmist in, in Psalm 1 and all through the Psalms, hey, the psalmists are so, so frank and so brutally honest. And in this Psalm, he contrasts the righteous and the wicked. You have the wicked on one hand, the people who walk in the ways of the wicked, who, who are like chaff, that the wind drives away. And it's a picture of, it's a stark picture of, of dry, empty husks. No substance, no life 
literally dead, lifeless and, and useless. Chaff just gets blown away. On the other hand, you got those who walk the way of the righteous. They're, they're flourishing like trees. flourishing like trees. They're, they're bearing fruit in season. They they have a, like you know this picture of like there's a there's abundance of leaves. Like that is like picture of life, picture of life in all its fullness and purpose. And these trees they're planted by by streams of water, rivers that the that the life filled and life giving trees drink from. The trees are being continually satisfied by these streams of water, whereas the, the wind-blown chaff has obviously died of, of thirst. They haven't had enough water. Dried out, blown away by the wind. And that's what happens if we walk in the way of the wicked, it says in Psalm, Psalm 1. So you have, the, have this contrast, like the, to be like a tree or to be like chaff, to walk in the way of the righteous or to walk away in the wicked, walk in the way of the wicked. And how do, we, how do we become like trees? Because I don't know if you're like me, you want to be like that tree. <laughs> you don't want to be chaffy. You don't want to be chafing. It's uncomfortable. <laughs> how do we get there? First of all, there's this, there's this negative instruction. Hey, don't walk, in step, don't walk in step with the wicked. Don't share the sinner's ways. Don't be like those who scoff or mock or belittle or deride. And then there's the positive instruction. Then there's their positive instruction, delight in the law of the Lord, which is like saying, it's like saying the psalmist is going, here's my advice. <laughs> here's the way you should live. Turn all your attention and life towards God and His ways. Dig deep into Him and realize, realize the value of, of, his, of His law, of, of His book, of His book. Realize the value of the book, the written word of God. This book given to, given to us to help us understand God, to understand His story, to understand the world that we find ourselves living in. Uh, and I read this essay called The With God Life by, um, by Richard Foster and Dallas Willard, who you might have heard of, and, and there's a few others that I've never heard of. But they write in this essay, God in sovereign grace and outrageous love has given us a written revelation of who He is and what His purposes are for humanity. And then later on they say, can we trust the living water that flows from Christ through the Bible, open ourselves to it and release it into the world as best we can and then get out of the way? I love that last line. Eh? Can we trust the living water that flows from Christ through the Bible, open ourselves to it and release it into the world as best we can and then get out of the way? Because the Bible is not the living water. <laughs> But in the Bible, we discover that Jesus is the source of the living water. He is the water that the psalmist longed for. In John chapter 4, Jesus is, is talking to a woman. We find Jesus talking to a woman uh, who's gone to a well to, to draw water from the well. She's drawing water, you know, uh, to satisfy her physical thirst. Maybe she's drawing water for cooking and for cleaning and all those sorts of things. But, but she's drawing water to drink. But Jesus knows. He, he knows her. He knows all about her. And he, and, he, and he knows that this woman has been trying to satisfy her deeper thirst. Hello, Eli. Yeah, you've got a fan. What do you think of the preaching so far? Yeah? yeah. All right. So, so. Are you a fan? Yeah, cool. Uh, 
Jesus knows that this woman at the well has been, has been trying to satisfy her deeper thirst in ways that lead to death. And, and he tells her, <laughs> he tells her, you've had five husbands and the man that you're now with is not your husband. And, and sometimes we read the story, you might be familiar with it already. Sometimes we read the story and it can sound kind of condemning and quite harsh. Jesus says, you've got, you've got five husbands, you've had five husbands and the man you're with is not your husband. And it might sound like a, like a condemnation, but it's not. He's, he's like recognising where she's at, where she's trying to satisfy her deepest longings, and he's instead inviting her, telling her, come to me to drink. Come to me to drink living water, the water of eternal life that will truly satisfy you. He says to her, he says to her in John 4, 14, whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And so we're at the beginning of the year, the beginning of the Chinese New Year, like we can think about this, how many of us are seeking satisfaction from the wrong things? Perhaps even without, without thinking about it, there's that, there's that cliche, I think it's a book title, about sleepwalking to the apocalypse. Even if we know God and say we follow Him, we, we can become distracted, we can become disoriented, we can become, we have a feeling of discontent, we become dissatisfied, and we, and we try, to, and try to satisfy those deep longings in ways that actually do not, they're not going to satisfy us, and actually they're not going to lead us closer to God. Instead, they lead us further away from Him. And, and, in, and in that sort of like that journey, we find ourselves more and more dissatisfied and more distracted and more distant. And so, and so it's a good time to actually like be, be quite honest with ourselves, quite brutally honest, and to invite God into that process too. If I'm honest with myself, uh, I can see ways that I try to satisfy a deeper longing. I try to satisfy my deep longings in, in superficial and, and unhelpful ways. And this is why like coming back to Psalm 1 is so good. It's so good. Because it just, it reminds us of what's at stake and it invites us to be planted like streams, planted like trees by streams of living water. Uh, from, our, from our house, some of you have been up to our house and we have like a pretty, pretty amazing view. We've got a, a really blessed view of, uh, over, over Petoni and over the Wellington, over the Wellington Harbour. And we can see where the river Te Awa Karangi, the Hutt River, flows into Te Whanganui Atara, you know, the Wellington Harbour. And you might have heard how, um, how beneath Petoni and beneath the river and beneath the harbour, well below the seabed, lies the Waifetu Aquifer, the Waifetu Artesian Aquifer. And did you know that that water underneath the sea and underneath the river actually supplies 70% of the drinking water for Wellington? 70% of our drinking water. And, and I've been looking at this, and I think it's just an amazing picture that beneath the salty and undrinkable water is a source of pristine and pure drinking water. Like if, you, if, you drink, if you drink seawater, it's not great, right? If you drink seawater, you get sick. And if you try hard enough, like if you drink enough of it, don't do that. But if you drink enough of it, then apparently you die. And you die of, of dehydration. You're drinking all this water, but it's killing you, and you die of dehydration. But if you go beyond that seawater, if you dig deep enough, you'll discover life-giving water. 
And it just speaks to me of how we need to, we need to bypass certain things. We need to skip certain things. We need to sacrifice activities, perhaps. Sometimes we even need to give up good things. We definitely need to give up sinful things. We need to bypass them. We need to dig deep to get to the living water of Jesus. And, and it's this picture of like extending out our root system deep into Him. Like, and like trees, our trees need to extend their roots. And as we extend our root system into God, we become stronger. We become more resilient. We become better able to bear fruit because this is not just for us, eh? Like we want to be, we want to be flourishing. We want to be like life-filled. But in the psalm, like the, the, the trees are bearing fruit. The fruit is not for the tree. The, the fruit is for other people. We become better equipped to weather the storms of life. And it is quite cool. Um, uh, Elena got this book out from the library all about trees, and I've been learning so much about it. And it's amazing. So trees, trees have, um, have their root system, and their roots are uh, there for all kinds of things, including communication with other trees. So it's through, it's through the root system of trees that they, that they can communicate to each other. And I think it's the same for us. As we extend our roots uh, deeper into God, then we, then we actually build connection with other other, other believers, other brothers and sisters in God, and we become stronger together, less individualistic. Isn't it cool? It's so cool. So we, we become like trees, extending our roots deep into Him, drawing from that pure, pristine water, not the salty stuff. You might have heard that quote from um, John Wimber, one of the forefathers of the Vineyard Movement, and he, he prayed this. He said, Lord, in an American accent, Lord, let me grow up before I grow old. And he, and he was speaking about maturity, eh? about becoming, um, becoming more Christ-like. Let me grow up before I grow old. But I'd like to add this, if I'm allowed to add anything to John Wimbers. I think it's all right. I think you'd be all right with it. Lord, let me grow deep and grow up before I grow old. We need to grow deep. We need to grow deep before we grow old. And the amazing thing is, as we give our attention and our energy to going deeper into God, He goes deeper into us. This is like a, this is like a two-way thing. We open up more of our lives to Him. We, we learn how to trust Him more. And this builds this integration between us and God, like a tighter integration. He comes into us as we, as we do what we can to go deeper into Him. So this morning, we're going to go into communion, time of communion. And communion is, is one of those words with multiple meanings. Uh, usually we, we just mean it, we, we just use it to mean either oh, bread and the juice that we, that we have at church. The bread and the wine, Jesus' body and blood. And we, we take it and we, we, we take it in remembrance of Him. But it also means relationship with one another, like the communion of the saints. Have you heard that phrase before? The communion of the saints. There's also the sense of communion with God. Becoming one with God, communion with God. Like it's, it's, it's such a beautiful and simple feast. The bread and the wine is a means of going deep with God, allowing God to go deep into us. Like we're, we're literally like eating the bread. Like we eat it, it goes into our mouth, it goes into our body, deep into our body. We drink, we drink the juice. The blood of Jesus, again, it goes deep into our body. We're taking into our bodies the sacraments that represent God. Psalm 1 ends 
with that warning, therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. And the good news for us, the good news for us is that even though we are sinners, God's own Son, Jesus, knows the way of the righteous. He is the way of the righteous. He died taking on the judgment of the wicked so that we might be made righteous in Him, that we, through Him, we might be planted like those trees by streams of water, by that living water, and we might be filled with His Spirit so that we might bear His fruit and have, have the eternal kind of life now. We don't have to wait until, we, until uh, we die. We can begin living the eternal kind of life now, filled with God's Spirit drawing from God and communion with God. So as we take communion today, this is, a, this is a divine moment. It's a moment to bring ourselves before God. To It's a moment we can confess to Him the things that we've allowed into our lives, the distractions, the things that have displaced, dis, have displaced deeper relationship with Him. We can even, if we're brave, we can even ask God to search our hearts and reveal what we need to repent of as we turn back to Him. Like I, I mentioned this last week, we've been um, doing a, a renovation on our house, digging all the ground. Man, the things you discover as you dig into the ground. Like one example is um, we've got gas supplied to our house, and there's this pipe that you can see a little bit above ground, a copper pipe, and we thought that's the gas pipe. And so we're trying to avoid that, that gas pipe, digging around it, and we discovered... That's not the gas pipe. We discovered the hard way, actually. <laughs> it's been replaced. There's, a, there's another gas pipe, a plastic broken now gas pipe that we didn't know about. The gas pipe that was above ground had been, had been replaced. So this is what we need God to do. We need God to like go deep into us and reveal to us actually what's below the surface sometimes. And in this process, we get to repent and we get to turn back to Him and we get to draw from that living water it's so good. It's a, this is communion. It's a divine moment to open ourselves up to God and to invite Him to go deeper into us. We long to go deeper into Him, to drink from Him, to drink continually from that well that never runs dry. So I'm going to invite you now to, um, to come and um, get a piece of bread to grab uh, a cup of a cup of juice. There's gluten-free bread um, on both tables, if that's what that's what you need this morning. And um, I encourage you, even even as even as you're coming forward, you might want to be like just just thinking of yourself coming before Jesus, going, Jesus, I long for more of you. What is in me that that I need to get rid of to drink from you, to drink your fresh water today, or um, whatever it is. And then uh, and then we'll go back to our seats. Um, and we'll, we'll take it all together. And then, then after that, I've asked Nicholas to lead us in, a, in another song um, that we can sing together. So do you want to come forward now and, and receive from the table? At the end of Revelation 
22, 17, it says, The Spirit and the bride say, Come. And let the one who hears say, Come. And let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires take the water of life without price. Lord Jesus, we come to you today. Lord, thank you that through your, through your body, through your blood, we can come and drink from the water of life without price, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that you paid the price. Lord, as we, take this, as we take this bread and this juice today, I pray, Lord, we pray that we would know you more, that you would go deeper into us, Jesus, and we would go deeper into you. We'd discover more and more of the eternal kind of life now. Lord, that we'd discover that deep satisfaction in you. That, Jesus, we take this bread we take this bread today and we remember your body broken for us, Jesus. Thank you, God. <laughs> we take the cup, Lord. Your blood poured out for the forgiveness of sins. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that all of our sins forgiven in you. We take this, we take this, Jesus, in remembrance of you. We're just going to um, finish up by uh, singing, singing another song, um, and then we'll we'll pray after that. There will be an opportunity to come forward, come forward for prayer or to receive from prayer from one another. Um, thanks, Nicholas. Come abide, come abide. 